welcome to Prepare for Weekends, the book club you can carry anywhere. We are your hosts and hopefully your new bookish pals. I'm Hannah MacDonald. And I'm Lydia Clare. Welcome, bookends, to our first podcast of 2023. Our January book club pick is the amazing short story collection, Send Nudes by Sabah Sams. A dazzling debut, these stories explore the female experience in all its contradictions and complexities. It will leave you reeling long after you've put it down. Today we are joined by author of Send Nudes, the incredible Sabah Sams. Sabah Sams is a fiction writer based in London. Her stories have been featured in various publications such as The Stinging Fly, The Manchester Review, Litro, The Tangerine and Forge. In 2019, she was shortlisted for the White Review Short Story Prize and her glorious short story collection, Send Nudes, is out in paperback on the 19th of January. Sabah, welcome to Prepare Bookends. Thank you so much. So what we like to do first is throw people in at a deep end and ask them what they are currently reading. I am reading Summer of My Amazing Luck by Miriam Towes. Oh. It was, it, yeah, I'm a third of the way through. I've never read any Miriam Towes before. It's her debut. Um, It was pressed into my hands by my agent who thought it would kind of help me with my novel, which I'm currently writing. And it's brilliant. The voice is, it's about a kind of single mother on benefits and all of the kind of other mothers and women in her life who all live in the same kind of project block of flats. And um, it's funny and it's, fast paced and it's kind of it juggles the past and the present in in a really clean but also busy way and um I'm finding it really helpful I think you know it's easy with a novel to to feel bogged down Mm -hmm. and this has a this um it just has a lot of energy and uh it's it's spurring me on so yeah. amazing I mean I've heard about how do you say her name Miriam Towles mm-hmm. I've heard I don't know like, oh, I, I don't know how to say her name <laughs> well, but I've we'll, not read we'll any we'll of guess. I've not read any of her work and I think it was mm-hmm. Meg Cowrie wasn't it that said Meg, yeah. that she recommended another of her books um on the podcast and yeah I'm like desperate to get to it but that definitely mm-hmm. sounds like my cup of tea it, it's right yeah 100 yeah. mothers women centering you know exploring <laughs> class I'm there like yeah, yeah. true but yeah. That. it's um I always find that when people like when someone mentions someone I've never heard of before which Meg did yeah I then find that all of a sudden everybody mentions them yeah and I'm like oh my goodness like how does everyone know this but secret this, before I do though isn't she like yeah she just had something adapted I think I think one of her books has just been adapted to, is it into a film? I don't know, yeah, um, the Queen of Adaptation. Yeah. I was just looking in the back of my copy and yeah, she's written like eight novels or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never, yeah, I'd never, I'd never read any. I'd heard of her, but I'd not, I'd not gone there. Um, But no, I'm, I think I'm, I'm hooked. <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness. The I'm, uh, I'm adding go. that to my wish list straight up. <laughs> Bookends, <laughs> come on, get your lists out. It's getting too long now, it's ridiculous. It's like half my book. <laughs> <laughs> we would absolutely love to hear a bit of said news. So would you be okay giving us a reading today? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. So I'm going to read from here alone, which is a story in the middle of the book. <laughs> um, and I'll start from the beginning. The bar was called Opium. Emily walked straight from her office and entered through an unmarked black door held open with a brick. There was a slot of blue light humming out onto the pavement and when she stepped into the corridor, she noticed that a bare bulb dipped in blue plastic coating was hanging from the ceiling. 
The corridor led to a flight of perforated metal stairs. Emily's heels kept getting caught in the holes on the way down. There were more people than Emily had expected inside. The strange light shadowed their faces, brought out the imperfections in their skin. She ordered a whiskey and stood by the seating area along the opposite wall. The sofas were leather and all taken. She took her phone out of her handbag and used it as a mirror to reapply her lipstick. The music got louder suddenly, or maybe it was just that a song came on that she recognised. She spent a moment trying to place it before giving up. A man came and stood near her. She cupped her glass in her hand like a bowl and swilled it slowly in circles. She knew that she wasn't a beautiful woman, but sexy felt like something not so far off. You all right? She said. The man looked at her. He was clean shaven with acne scars peppered across his cheeks, a large ridge in his forehead. His body was hard and triangular, his pale blue shirt a little tight around the shoulders, a little loose around the waist. Emily pursed her lips, looked into his eyes for too long a moment. This was her favorite part, the exchange of signs. He stepped slightly closer. You want another, he said, and she raised her chin. The drinks came. He told her he liked a woman who drank whiskey. All the women I know drink white wine spritzers, he said. They order Prosecco at dinner. It's juvenile. She felt the whiskey burn her esophagus on its way down. She reached out and grazed her thumb along his jaw. There was enough drink in her to do that. He looked up in surprise. She felt her eyes get lazy for a second. Come upstairs, she said, for a cigarette. Emily brought her whiskey with her. And when they got outside, she knocked it back in one. She put the empty glass down on a plastic table dotted with raindrops. It had rained all day, but now the sky was cloudless, an expanse of perfect black behind the hazy dome of light pollution coming up off the city. Emily offered the man a cigarette. He held it between his lips while she lit it for him. Orange flared in his pupils. I don't smoke usually, he said. She shrugged. She didn't much care. Are you here alone? he asked. She nodded. He seemed to like that. He put his palm on the side of her ass and smoothed her back pocket while the bouncer looked on. She rolled onto the tips of her toes so that her face was close to his. She asked him a few questions about himself. When he spoke, she could taste his breath. His name was Toby. He worked in a bank, though not with the money. He'd come to the bar with his girlfriend of two years, who'd ended their relationship and left without finishing her drink. He didn't ask Emily about her job. She told him she was a hairdresser, though she wasn't. They caught the district line. They made eye contact through their reflections in the windows, rather than looking straight at each other. She put her hand on his thigh, trailed her fingers up and down it, warming him up. She got closer and closer to touching his crotch, until he had to put his own hand on top of hers to stop her. You're so hot, he whispered. In her flat, she got two glasses from the kitchen and left him in her bedroom with the wine while she showered. She stood with her face lifted to the spray, the water coming off her dirty with makeup. She slicked her legs, armpits and crotch with a film of conditioner and shaved meticulously. Dark wires spun down the plug hole. After, she reapplied her entire face, misting it with hairspray so it held. In the bedroom, Toby had almost finished the wine. He looked bored, sitting on the edge of the bed with his legs crossed, scrolling his phone. You took your time, he said. 
the sex was unremarkable. His hands were slippery, and it was only when he folded his arms behind his head that she began to enjoy herself. He made a sound when he came that was short and chirpy, a single high note on a piano. After, he pulled the covers over himself, suggesting he'd be staying the night. How many people have you slept with? He said into the dark. No one had ever asked her this before, though she'd hoped they would. Twenty, she replied. A few years ago, on a bus, Emily had overheard one teenage girl explain to another that the appropriate amount of people to have slept with is half your age, plus seven. Emily's true number was in fact six, including Toby and the spray can of deodorant she'd lost her virginity to at age 14. She hadn't come, but she hadn't minded. She knew even then that vaginal orgasms were for the most part a myth created by men. The can was slimy when it came out, with a speck of blood on the very tip. It reminded her of a tadpole, or the dots sometimes found on the yolk of an egg. She wiped it off with toilet paper and put it back in the cabinet over the bathroom sink. Her mother hated it when she borrowed her things. You're the first woman I've gone to bed with in over a year, Toby said. He sounded proud of himself. Other than my girlfriend, he added. My ex-girlfriend, that is. His hand sat on the mound of her pussy while he spoke, clammy and unmoving. Amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> I could, well, do we have to do the podcast or can we just like listen to the whole... Can you just read the whole book or the personal <laughs> audio book? That would be great. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> with my that, that is my personal favourite of the collection. Um, I mean, I really struggled to pick between... There's three of them that were like my most favourite and I really struggled to narrow it down. But I think that one, there was just something about that story that I'm just obsessed with. Um, and oh, I think you. in most, like in, in all of your stories, it's so like visceral and yeah. like vivid and, you know, it feels like these scenes, like I, I was... I just, I've just never known realism like it. No. Like you have a way of capturing that the reality in mm. in these pages it's it's honestly bookends if you're listening and and that has sparked any sort of emotion in you please <laughs> go out and get this book because... whether it sparks emotion or not just buy the bloody book get putting it in the show notes oh, like, get it ordered yeah, Hannah's gonna kill you if you don't it's so good <laughs> no honestly you will not regret it I flew through this I, I inhaled this in about 24 hours I know I'm so um, sorry so long to write but we literally <laughs> inhaled it so <laughs> like forgotten about all that now right <laughs> this way it's a sign of a good book um so let's start with the the title of the book which is a very eye-catching title um and I mean before when this first came out I remember seeing this in a bookshop and I was like I have to have this book the cover alone. Uh, the cover alone. Yeah, you see something that says send nudes on it. And I mean, I remember seeing um one of my friends on Instagram had just like took a picture of your book outside a bookshop because she was so obsessed with the title. <laughs> and she's not a bookish person at all, but like that's what you know it that's what it does. It yeah. literally grabs your attention straight away. Um and obviously the titular story of the book is literally an exploration of the concept of sending nudes and how women sort of navigating online spaces is kind of intrinsically linked to their bodies um but what triggered that story in particular and why this title for the book well the book the story the story came first the title the title was kind of the last thing that was decided about the whole book um and Senu's the story was written 
really quite quite far towards the end um and kind of by that point I knew what I was doing you know I, I knew that I was writing about women particularly young women I knew that I was writing about the body or, yeah our relationship with the internet and with online dating and you know I think for a while it, when I first started writing the book I was kind of writing whatever came to me and whatever sounded fun and then by the end I was trying to fill gaps that I hadn't looked at so mm-hmm. in, she's slightly older you know she's she's kind of like 30 maybe approaching 30 I can't remember if I say or not um and I knew I kind of wanted to go there and I'd, I'd spent a lot of time with children and with adolescents and I wanted to to jump forward and kind of in a way look at how these formative experience that we have experiences that we have when we're young um carry forward and, and what we hold on yeah. to and and what kind of repeats itself and, and what we leave behind and um mm-hmm. I wrote the story and it was quite short and it's definitely you know it's it just had a great title and I wanted yeah. to give the title to the whole collection it's not that it was ever my favorite story or that I think it it speaks best to the collection and that was kind of a, a worry that I had I think when I was like let's call the whole book send nudes is that mm. people would jump and read that story send nudes um you know because it's I, I like it but it's definitely not the story that I feel represents my writing as much as some of the others you know was there any pushback at all about this title or was everyone like no love it everyone loved it of course of course (laughs) everyone loved it I think I've been really lucky you know I have like a just a really my editor actually is different now from the editor that I had with send nudes but she just completely got what I was trying to do I think it might have even been her idea you know mm-hmm. to go to just go straight for said nudes and then yeah I remember kind of the um the publicist saying how she couldn't wait to send emails with send nudes as like the title <laughs> it felt I think everyone I think it just felt it felt fresh and fun and everyone was quite yeah. excited by it yeah um, yeah it's a phrase that really captures like modern sort of online culture isn't it and I'm gonna butcher my use of this word is it zeitgeist yeah it's that guy's that guy's yeah okay yeah I felt like it really captured that um mm. but yeah I just I, I'm obsessed with this title I think it's like one of my favorite titles ever <laughs> no I see I start, have started seeing it everywhere as well since like it's on t-shirts and people mm. every time every time anyone sees send nudes anywhere you know that I know they'll send it to me I love that <laughs> and it, and like it's yeah so I've seen I've seen a really gruesome kind of edited photo of an eyeball where the veins of the eyeball are made into the words and uh, made into the letter oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is like quite visceral and quite me but also yeah. <laughs> and um and then there's that show I don't know if you guys have seen the new I think is it is it channel four um was it called uh, Nudes? called Send Nudes yeah oh, no I've and not seen that no. It's quite the watch. It's about um, <laughs> people who are considering a certain kind of plastic surgery. Ah, and, okay. I mean, I watched it obviously because of the title. Of course. <laughs> and um, yeah, and the, basically the public vote on whether or not you should get this surgery. Um, wow. <laughs> We've is, really reached that point. Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but talking about titles, because I mean, there are some fantastic titles. Um, oh, was that a segue? 
I, think, I believe it was the wow. segue. That's professional. Did you, Did you not feel that ever? <laughs> Saying yeah. slick shit hot is what they call me. Um, but yes, um, uh, the collection opens with this story, Tinderloin, which is just, I mean, so good. Like literally, read the story, guys, and you'll know how just fantastic that title is. Um, and I believe it kind of epitomizes your ability to um, constantly surprise the reader mm-hmm. in terms of like. Um, how the event, events unfold is it plot or is it characters and their decisions that that influence the path of your narrative it's absolutely characters mm-hmm. I plot is so far from what <laughs> it's like who who plot <laughs> yeah I, which is not I actually got a um amazing review in the Rolling Stone in Rolling Stone magazine yesterday um saying that uh Send Nudes was like a vibes short story collection that was oh uh, yeah I saw this (laughs) and it was kind of the first I was I kind of had this like realization that it was actually okay that I don't think about plot and it's actually maybe it's my thing (laughs) you know and maybe I can just run with that which is really nice because yeah um especially with Tenderloin I remember I was on a roundabout I was walking to see my friend I had my son who was a baby in a sling and Grace the main character's voice just like arrived in my head and I you know I was just kind of thinking and my mind was just wondering and I was probably I was probably having a bit of a block I was having to write quite a, quite a lot then because I was doing um a creative writing master's and uh so you know it was just like oh it's, this is your week to write a story for the workshop turn it out and I would kind of have no ideas and, and be really distracted and then yeah and and this voice just and I knew she was a butcher's daughter you know this kind of the first few the first few sentences of the, of the story which I don't think have actually changed but just like, like came to me in her voice and um yeah. and she she felt so clear and then yeah it was just about following her decisions and like kind of just like walk, walking with her and the end it was I had no idea that would be the end until until I was writing it and I feel like as a reader that's what keeps you reading it because mm. you have no idea where this is going to go but mm. you have to know you have to see <laughs> it through with her you yeah know? um and I think I think your writing process is very much similar to the reading process in terms of like we're just going with the character we just go with her and hope for the best and see what happens <laughs> um yeah that's, yeah that's really that's really interesting and um obviously great <laughs> <laughs> well you know does that happen quite often then that these voices the character's voice just arrives in your head or was that just specific to that story um no I think that happens with I think that's most of the stories and sometimes I think I think the the same as like why why I follow the the character or why I follow the voice and why I don't think about plot so much is this same thing of always trying to like entertain myself and keep myself excited and um and and you know have it have it be an exploration or an adventure and I think I think I find it quite easy to like fall in love with a character or something new especially which is why I really loved writing a short story collection it feels like it feels like meeting someone new and and that first exciting mysterious part Mm -hmm. 
and and that means that sometimes I can jump into a new voice too quickly I think you know I can I'll spend like an hour walking around the world with this voice in my head and like translating everything I see into this voice it's kind of like yeah like shrugging on a, a new persona and then I'll like get to the page and I'll have so much fun and I might run out of steam you know with it mm. maybe maybe it's not a voice that I can properly transfer to like an actual story that works but definitely it's that and that's what I love about writing like that's what I'm in it for is is the voices and kind of that that real sense of fun I think mm. yeah that that kind of where where is this person going to take me is really yeah. what I find what I find exciting and then you know when when you're halfway through the story you're just like okay next <laughs> <laughs> I'm always jumping to the next one I love that mm. um so in this collection there is sort of little that that you shy away from you know whether it's uh menstrual blood oral sex scenes uh miscarriage you know there's there's nothing that seems sort of too taboo for you to write about um, and to tackle as a writer but why is it important for you to write about these topics and and I guess write about them in such a visceral way you know I was thinking I was thinking about when people kind of try to ask me to describe my book and you know the kind of the one-liner or trying to coin what it's really about and I find that really hard mm. and I, I didn't know if it was because it was a short story collection so it's harder than a novel to, to kind of coin and I was constantly trying to like find themes and and I think actually for me when like all of this visceral stuff, all of the like menstrual blood, the body, all of this for me is just like the backdrop of the world. It's just it's just my experience. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm writing, I'm not thinking like, oh, let's put a period in it. It's just like a period has to be in it because yeah. <laughs> my period, you know? Yeah. And it's not it's like it, I, I can never find a way to describe my book that feels like as purposeful and clean as maybe I'm expected to because yeah all of this stuff just creeps in I really didn't I really never sit down and think like okay now I'm gonna write something that's really visceral because I really want to create that mm-hmm. as like the the vibe of the story it's never it's never as as kind of clean cut as that mm-hmm. I actually just you know that for, for me that's like that's life and so that's what that's the the bulk of the story is is that life stuff Mm -hmm. um and you know the same with sex or that like the miscarriages it's like I don't I don't think I'm ever I was ever like I'm gonna write a story about a miscarriage it just it just was like yeah it just it just felt it just felt like living and when you're living in, in the head of your character this stuff comes in and you can't really turn away from it you know I think that's what makes it so real Mm. and so natural the writing because it it is it's all these bits of life that make kind of it's hard to articulate but it makes up the world Mm. and it doesn't feel like oh I'm just gonna put this in because it'll make people go oh or it'll put people off or it'll make people go oh my gosh I can't believe she wrote about that yeah, it feels like this is just part of the characters' lives. This mm. is just part of their world. Um, and I think that really helps, again, with that feeling of, of reality and, and naturalism yeah. with it. I think it's also just really refreshing to read about these things written so, like, explicitly. Um, because I think so often, you know, 
we've been told as as women to like you know to be quiet about these sorts of things because it makes other people uncomfortable you know um mm. like you know we're told like I, I was told growing up like not to mention like my period and stuff like that you know if I ever said anything it'd be like oh like you know don't don't really talk about those sorts of things and I'm like why <laughs> like we're all going through it like yeah. why why can I not speak about it you know why is it such a like why, how have I made the atmosphere awkward by bringing something up that's like a, a life experience mm-hmm. for like half, 50, the half the population you know um and I think that's why you know I found this collection so brilliant is that you had these moments where you were exploring these sort of taboo things um but like Lydia said you know it, it did just feel like well, that's the reality of these people you know there's not anything there's not anything to be ashamed of and we're so often taught to feel shame about these things and this you know there was no shame in in the way you explored them yeah yeah it's quite you know as like traumatizing as it is that we've all had to be silent about this stuff mm-hmm. it's also like I love to walk into that silence and, and and feel it like I feel I feel really blessed to be able to do that you know and and also to like I'm thinking about that scene in in I May Destroy You when she like passes a blood clot have you guys seen this and he I uh, can't remember what her Italian boyfriend's called but he's like poking it and he's so excited by this blood clot oh, did you say I may destroy yeah, you yeah, yeah yeah oh I loved that sorry I missed that then right yeah. okay I yeah. just like I just think that there is actually loads of space mm-hmm. to create cool stuff mm-hmm. Because none of it's been done, you know, no one's been talking about periods or putting periods on TV. So then you can like have this kind of really quite charming, sweet scene of this guy playing with a blood clot. Like I just, like, I found that quite heartwarming, you know, yeah. and also, but also completely surprising, even though it's such a normal thing. And that's like, it's a really, it's a really nice space to, to create art in, you know, mm. um, like something that we can all relate to, but have never even seen before. And yeah, I, uh, that's kind of how I feel when I'm writing about periods or, or you know, b- b- bodies really, with mm. bodies. It's crazy how groundbreaking it is though, like know, in, be, in this day and age, like how groundbreaking this stuff is. But yeah, I'm thankful that you wrote this anyway, not to sound like really wanky, but <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> it's, you know, it's an exciting time for fiction, I think. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Now... <clears throat> Can I pick a favourite story? This is just me saying, <laughs> can I pick a favourite story? Am I allowed? Because I feel like you'll tell me off. I'll allow it. Thank you. I'll allow it. Um, I mean, you've got the right to hear. Would, would, would she allow I it? I love it. So my favourite story, if it's okay, is, well, is Snake Bite. I think it's a fascinating so good. mix of, like, uni-boozy culture, handling grief, how women don't always know how to communicate with each other properly mm. like for some reason I feel like women are always put on this pedestal like you know we are the empaths and the communicators and we can always be the one that sorts things out and it's like actually no, no, no <laughs> not all of us are capable of that and also there there is some great comedic elements to that story especially with Meg the protagonist roommates all having varying degrees of um <laughs> conditions and being introduced as said the one with psoriasis like <laughs> I'm just honestly I live for those moments like honestly it was hysterical so good you know I love something funny so I was, I, brilliant 
Um, but what role for you did these comedic moments have for you in your writing and your writing of that story specifically? Um, I mean, you know, I guess there's all yeah, like I I could say the the kind of more like inside the mind of the writer, which is that it's kind of a it's quite a dark, sad story in a lot of ways, and and having a bit of humor in there is nice. But again, really, I'm always just trying to entertain myself, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm lonely and bored in my room on my laptop, (laughs) desperately trying to turn a story out. And jokes just help. And also uni, uni was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Writing that story, you know, not all of the stories are my lived experience, but that one is that the whole uni world is like Mm -hmm. very close to, to my experience. And um just remembering it and being back there and kind of thinking of like the way that my friends were silly is what was a really like yeah it was just funny I just like you know I wanted to I wanted to translate that that real that world of of quite light humor even though actually a lot of quite formative quite dark things are going on um there's this like like devil may care or I think silly. I think silly is the word that I'm looking for. Yeah, this real, this real kind of light silliness. To and then, it, you know, I think with with short stories, what I was and particularly with short stories about young women, what I was trying to do was, you know, you don't have that much space in a short story, right? So you have a few days or a few weeks, maybe a few months of this character's life, and you have to create something which is going to kind of cast a shadow that's bigger than the story itself you know so you want to you want to leave the character walking around in the reader's head and you want to hint that whatever's going on in this story is going to create a a kind of echo throughout the character's life and I can't remember where (laughs) why I would start talking about this (laughs) (laughs) but I um I just like yeah I think I think in in terms of kind of humor and having fun Mm -hmm. like that's the that's the stuff also that lasts as well as all of this like trauma and these weird relationships and th- this suffering you know you have to wh- when when I'm sitting there thinking back over my real memories of my real uni experience I I'm remembering the good stuff as well as yeah. the bad stuff and I wanted to I wanted to create a story that could do both it's the fact that oh, her flatmates were introduced and they're all having a conversation around the table talking about Easy for survival by oil, and they're oh, all no, like scratching each other's arms at one point. I'll say, like, being scratch you, like just hysterical. Like, and that's all I need to know about them. I don't need to know anything more than the fact that they've got some and skin conditions. That's enough. Thanks very much. But the thing is, it's not. It sounds far fetched, but it's really not. It's really like, not. Ima- <laughs> I knew those girls. Yeah. yeah, the people that I met at uni, like. disturbing now to think about I mean some people that you met at uni are nice though aren't they Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I have no skin condition oh you've got many great qualities thank you (laughs) um so many of these stories um capture um blended families and sort of unconventional families the parent-child dynamic and its many nuances and complexities um but was it a conscious choice for you to write sort of a varied range of families? Um, and did you want to highlight anything in particular about the way these families inhabit the modern world? Um, yeah, I it's 
I'm I'm trying not to give that same answer again that I gave to the period, <laughs> but it's <laughs> so my experience, you know, to have to have like a stepmom and a half brother, and I yeah, it didn't it kind of never giving someone like a a normal nuclear family felt further from reality to me than going the other way, and also it's a fun it's a fun space to explore new relationships isn't it you know yeah. when you you've, you've got a family dynamic with kind of brand new people in it like a sister mm-hmm. that you have just been given at age 11 or, yeah. or you know a brother who's just been fostered and it's just it's a way of having a character who's kind of formed not fully formed but but kind of formed without this this sibling um kind of trying to to mold around this new person yeah. um within a family dynamic which always feels so much more messy and so much more consuming and even just in terms of like the time that we spend with our family members you you have so many you have so many different sides and you can't just you can't just turn yourself on in the way that you can in school or whatever you know like I I don't know my sister has seen has seen more of me than than anyone really in my life you know and also seen me seen me change and grow which which we do so much mm-hmm. in in those years I was writing about in send nudes you know like I went through so many so many different personas I think from from the age of like six to 16 I was in a new person every year you know a new person at every school that was yeah and and but my my sister could could see the the real the real me you not to mm-hmm. sound not to sound really cheesy, but it was like no, it's true. And also, like you don't bother shrugging on the new person when you're at home with just your sister. You know, I would like drop all that at the door and just be myself. And um, I think like yeah, I, I, it's a real privilege to have siblings, and I I'm really interested in siblings and and looking at siblings, and also in my characters who don't have siblings. I think. I think they're quite interesting too, you know, like in Tinderloin, when kind of the family is just Grace and her dad and the the way that we the way that we bond with each other and the way that we keep things from each other is is so different when you don't have you know, I just think if Grace had a sibling, what would it, mm. what would her life look like? Yeah. And, yeah. And and yet it was so important for the story that she didn't and also that she didn't have a mum and that she was this kind of like, you know, real like island of a woman yeah and um yeah so yeah I think I do think about I do think about family and and also about kind of the world at the moment and yeah I think like the the story that probably moved me the most was um I think it's the final story it's today today's square and the mother and daughter relationship in that like it really like broke my heart and I mean obviously like it was sort of a perfect way of capturing you know how lockdown wasn't was a really awful time for some people and I just thought like the way you captured that mother-daughter dynamic between these two characters you know it was so powerful and it really had that sense of like us against the world Um, and I think like that would have been interesting had there have been more than just the the mother and daughter because she's an only child as well isn't she the daughter in that Mm. am I right in thinking that I don't want to say it with my chest if it's not (laughs) But it's it's just them two, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I think you know how how different would it be for them if you know they had a bigger family and they had more support 
you know how different things might be and there's something like really tragic in that um mm. and I know we've spoke I'm tr- really trying not to like <laughs> drag the conversation down because I know we've been talking about humor and stuff like that but but there is something so like tragic in that and you know that really did move me um and I'm really interested in family dynamics um I think there's something I've already used the word powerful but there is something really powerful about family dynamics and it totally shapes you as a person doesn't it so um, yeah, and you yeah. can see how these characters are a product of their environment in mm-hmm. terms of like having a sibling has made them like this and and has shaped their personalities yeah very much so yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think also like there's a lot of single mothers in my in my book and um you know as much as the kind of as much as the young women are the main characters the single mothers are like a quite an interesting kind of jump into the future I think in a lot of ways and yeah back to the kind of family dynamic and the kind of pressure that's on on a mother as a single mother and you know with one child as well and and that kind of that kind of duality where yeah it is us against the world but then there's also just like you know this this holiday that they're supposed to go on in today's square is just like all down to this one mother to get her child on holiday and obviously the child sees no you know has no understanding of of the reality of how hard that is Mm. and um and all of the mother wants is for it to happen Mm. and um yeah it's that you know the mothers and the girls as well with the I think like yeah single mothers single mothers and and kind of a single daughter seems to crop up a lot um for me and I think in yeah there's this kind of interesting mirroring in you know with this with this daughter growing up and the mother kind of watching her daughter grow up and and you yeah you see history kind of repeat itself but then I um I I feel drawn to I feel drawn to that th- those family dynamics as well in an opposite way to kind of the the families I was talking about initially with the steps and the halves and kind of all of these characters coming in and out um it's quite interesting especially in the space of a short story which is so much smaller to just have these like two kind of characters just leaning on each other yeah I've got a quote right, she is. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if you've listened to us before Sabah, but I'm queen of the quote she is. I love a quote <laughs> I love to read one so I have got one <laughs> from another one of my favourite stories um, it better be as good as Sabah's otherwise I'm switching off uh, listen it won't be just set your expectations <laughs> below everybody because I will not sound as good as she does um, <laughs> How it's just a very short bit, it's just a short bit, but it I, I feel like it's a it's a, a perfect little tidbit of uh okay. what what's it from? Which it's story? from the bread. The bread, love that one. I met the man on the last night of the festival by a stall selling chips and onion rings. I didn't fancy him as much as I pretended to myself that I did. The man's tent was slightly larger than the one I was sharing with Eliza, though the exact same brand. I hadn't showered in four days. My vagina smelt like prawn cocktail crisps. (laughs) I left straight after and bought a hot chocolate in a polystyrene cup. The teenage boy at the stall told me he hadn't slept the entire weekend, not even for a minute. His smile was massive and unruly against the pastel sky. (laughs) Now, I don't know if you can tell why I chose that section to read, (laughs) but my vagina smelt like prawn cocktail crisps is one of the greatest lines I've ever read (laughs) in a book ever. And that's, that's it. Um, I had to share it with you all because I openly tackled to myself when that happened, when that line came out, because I was like, yeah, thank you for saying that. Because you have 
you have a way of highlighting and and sorry is this you telling the podcast that your vagina too smells like prawn cocktail <laughs> after four days of no showering i bet yours can smell like prawn cocktail chris thank you very much <laughs> not on a daily basis but i'm just saying you festival goers i know i know um, <laughs> but you have highlighting and celebrating and sharing and these mundanities of life like the and and I know that we've kind of talked about it before but you have like a really keen eye what is it about this the minutiae of life um that means it makes its way into your writing so often I, I find that it, it sort of it feels like a celebration of like the tiniest things mm-hmm. like smells and taste and these kind of sens- sensual things how how do you do it just tell me how do you do it <laughs> oh that's I love that that's so <laughs> that's amazing to hear um I, I do think I I do think if I'm stuck in a story I'll be like okay what does it smell like you know or what is it it's or, or what does it taste like just as a way to kind of jump out of the words and um yeah and get my other senses involved and I yeah I think it's I think it's a way of keeping moving and sometimes there's sometimes I'll be in my my real life and there'll be a detail and I'll notice a smell or whatever and I'll like write it down on my phone and and maybe use it later but yeah it's all it's you know it all kind of the senses all come in I hope yeah I also think about sound quite a lot like the sound of the words and I read things back out loud and I'm like I'm trying to engage all my senses and I think that's because that's what I like in other in other books that I read um but also because because yeah it's nice it's mm. like it feels it feels like I'm having a wider experience when I'm just like writing so yeah but thank you <laughs> thank you for the line of my life <laughs> I'm gonna get that printed off and put framed for Honestly, you if I don't get like a frame for Christmas with my vagina I'm gonna be very upset <laughs> Actually, we'll send you a pic. We'll send you a pic of when it's framed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> actually, I, I feel like I could never look at a packet of phone cocktail crisps. No, no. Um, for you and life. <laughs> I won't be able to now either. I hadn't even really, I honestly hadn't really thought about that line that much until just now. It's beautiful. I'm, but I'm really glad that it's touched you. <laughs> it's, it's touched me. It's resonated with me. <laughs> She's not going to shut up about it. Now. I won't, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I won't. <laughs> um, so, I mean, how I was going to start off my next question is what oh. I particularly loved about this book. But I mean, at this point, we just love the whole thing, don't point. we? That's what we keep saying about it. You know, oh, I really love that. No, we love the whole thing. It's amazing. We're sick of hunting. Um, Get over it. But what I did particularly love about the book was the way you captured how messy and complex women are, which we've already kind of spoken about. Um, but how the the women in your story sort of, embrace emotion in the extreme I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it but you know for example like Lara in Snakebite um with her sort of reckless behavior her sort of self-destructiveness uh about to party in one night stands um in here alone when Emily's sort of falling hopelessly in love gone not to 100 real quick with <laughs> yeah with Toby and then she when that sort of fizzle fizzles you know she she was causing sick for three days in a row and it's all very to the extreme and then you know finally her eating one of my favorite moments ever in a story <laughs> is her eating carbonara with her bare hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's, there's something so like 
I don't know how to describe it. And I was trying to think of words to describe it last mm-hmm. night. But it's a feeling. The way it's so like charged and like electric, the way you write these women, it's it's almost like primal. Um, but what drew you to writing women in this way? It's a long question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a good question. It's great. Yeah, you're right. It is primal, I think. It's very kind of, can I swear? <laughs> Go for oh, it. Of course it's you like, can. It's very just fuck you, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah eating carbonara with your hands kind of yeah. taking yourself on a date and eat, eating with your hands and like yeah I think I think I you know with Emily in here alone and kind of constantly hyping up this almost hysteria in a way just to have it kind of level out and just crash back to just being completely there for yourself mm-hmm. I think that's what that's what I was doing with her and like I yeah, I I love that. I love that primal. I love that primalness in all of us. And I I love that, you know, I, I think I spend so much of the collection kind of looking at where we like mislearn things or mm-hmm. like, you know, lock something up inside us and, and you know, have it come out in a, in a situation or, you know, and all that shame and, and all of that. And then there kind of has to be these moments where that's all just like evaporates and you what's left is like you know just just like you and some pasta or you know it's like it just kind of the the bones of it and underneath it and like what pleasure is and what what it really is you know without all the kind of like yeah like dressing up this like expectation of sex versus like you know what we really want or like how we look versus how we feel and I think I'm really interested in feeling and kind of feeling versus thought and how thought is like at the top of the hierarchy you know and and then and then feelings are just kind of so bottom of the pecking order it feels like to me a lot of the time and and I don't feel really clocked into how my body feels that much mm-hmm. and you know I'm I'm so up here when I'm when I'm in my life and um so yeah I'm drawn to those moments I think just personally I'm I'm drawn to the to the primal to the to the kind of big crashing fuck you moments yeah I just I really enjoyed those moments and I think it really this collection really taught me how much I actually suppress suppress Mm. myself and it kind of makes you want to to do a fuck you moment yeah it makes you feel like you can because mm. so much of what we do is contain it contain it you know you can't you can't do that mm. you, you can't do this you can't you shouldn't do that you shouldn't feel that you shouldn't show this yeah and I think a lot of the stories in this collection are about women kind of just doing it yeah regardless of motive or regardless of 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 consequence but but very much kind of that instinctive like yeah, it, do you ever have, like ever held something really precious in your hand and want to snap it? <laughs> it's that feeling. Like I feel like a lot of these characters, like I honestly, I'm I'm terrible for it. I like please don't give me anything that's valuable because I will break it. <laughs> I find it really hard to resist. But like that feeling, and, and I feel like a lot of a lot of the characters in these novels snap, yeah, snap it and yeah. just go see what happens. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot of us are contained. And, yeah, it's and quite they, like you know, impulsive. Like you know mm-hmm. what what are our true selves when we allow ourselves to be impulsive and to have those first impulses and not to block them me impulsive never 
most impulsive person I've ever met. <laughs> There's this really, um, this great scene that always comes back to me in um, Eileen by Otessa Moshfeg, where, do you remember this? She buys, a, she, she tries on a dress in a shop and she sticks her house key through the pocket and just like rips the pocket open. And it's like, you can feel the release. You can mm. just feel her be like, and yeah, that, that kind of, that scene comes back to me a lot. And I think it's like inspired me a lot, but also, you know, I like, as I'm writing these characters, I desperately want to give them this release. Mm -hmm. And so we need to give it to ourselves. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, why, yes. why, do I, why do I want to see a character snap so much, but I still don't <laughs> snap in my actual life? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, um, I feel you. So lastly, I just wanted to ask something uh, that is separate from the content of the stories. But you feature a quote from Veronica by uh, Mary. Is it Gatskill or Gateskill? I say Gatskill, but I could be totally wrong. Gatskill. So I say Gateskill, but Gatskill. Okay. Let's call it a northern thing. The Gatskill. Gatskill. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Um, so that's um to you featured the quote at the start of the collection. I will read it because any oh, opportunity is. to read a quote and I'm here. You know what I mean? I know mm. you love the sound of my voice, guys. So just go. Um so this opens up the uh, collection. Yes, we were stupid for disrespecting the limits placed before us, for trying to go everywhere and know everything. Stupid, spoiled, and arrogant. But we were right too. I was right. I mean, it's a fantastic quote, and it it's, it's a book we featured before on the podcast, and we loved. Can you uh, shed a bit more light on why you chose to include this at the beginning of the book? I, I had written the whole book, and I was reading Veronica for the first time, and I, you know, it's it's such a good novel on so many things, yeah. but it's it's really, you know, the thing the thing that I was so excited by was you know this character who's kind of looking back at her own youth from from a place of like illness you know no longer beautiful poverty like you know like and and it's kind of looking back and and completely judging herself and but also yeah this this very kind of consistent I just thought I think that that last line of that quote I was right too you know that that part and she is right. She was right then and she's right now. And it's like, it's it's just feel, feels so brave to me, you know? This kind of like, this way that we, we go through life and we make all of these mistakes and we're spoiled and we're naive and then we're, you know, like nasty and bitter and always we're right, you know? It's like, it's such a, yeah, it just feels very, it feels like you can you can kind of gather up all of the mistakes you've made and all of the insecurities you've had and and you know all of the ways that the world has kind of fucked you over and there's like still this kind of kernel of like real like truth and brave you know like you've met the world and you've been you've done it you've been there you know and uh you just like gave all, all you could in that moment and I just like, it just, yeah, I just read that quote and I was just like, that's what I was trying to do with my book. Like, that's exactly it. You know, I was trying to kind of, I was trying to accept how complex and how full of mistakes being a young woman is. But also I was trying to say like, 
yeah, but we were right as well. As well as all of that, like everything we did was bang on. <laughs> and I yeah. just like, yeah, that was kind of, yeah, it's such a good, it's such a great quote. I love it so much. Yeah, it is. And um, it was such a, like, yeah, it was such an amazing moment to to find it and and to kind of be like, yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, and, and it was at just the right time as well, you know? I think it was like the kind of, the book was just about to come out. Um, and I could just I could just add it in before it was printed. Um, Meant to be, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we've got a I got a quick fire round. Now we've never done on, done this on the podcast. Can before. I say I was not consulted before the quick fire round well, was included in the in the podcast? We're, here, we're ready. Are you ready? I'm nervous. <laughs> <Terrified. Yeah. laughs> Shaking. Okay. I'm, I hope you're ready. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm pathetic I can't stick to anything so I'm not going to restrict you in terms of time but it's not quite quick fire? <laughs> but it's supposed to be quick fire but I won't actually like you won't be shouted at if you don't stick to quick um Lydia might shout at you though she's someone <laughs> I'm on one okay are you ready it's about four hours on the bus today I'm on one so if you had to choose one story as your favorite which would it be tenderloin Love that. Which of these stories would you expand into a novel? Snakebite. Nice. <laughs> if you had to become <laughs> one of the characters, who would it be and why? Oh my god. <laughs> That's a tricky one. Uh, I'd be Stella from Blue Forever. Nice. Um because she's you know, she's so young, she's got the whole She's got the whole world ahead of her, and I think she's she's learning fast, and it's going to go well. <laughs> <It's gonna> go <laughs> well. <laughs> um, which of these stories would you adapt with unlimited budget into like a film? Mm-hmm. Well, film or series, you choose. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, the mothers and the girls, nice. um, into a film because I just think that world would be you'd need a big budget and it would be really fun to be on that set and be like you know that I I like kind of grew up in that world so I think I'd like to be there making sure they got it right you know yeah who would be who would be director of choice (laughs) oh um I have uh Andrea Arnold um I think yeah you know Fish Tank? Have you seen Fish Tank? Fish Tank. No. Michael Fassbender. It's one of my favourite films of all time. I've not seen this. Oh. He's really good. Sorry. Okay, I'm I'll sorry. watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Um, Fish Tank. Yeah, we're watching it tonight. <laughs> um, there's also a short film she did with Danny Dyer in it, um, which is also amazing. It's B? Is it B something? Yeah, it's I can't remember. Escape me. B Sting. But, yeah. B- is it B Sting? No. no, I don't think it is. Oh, it's but B- anyway... B- um, <laughs> Sorry. <Okay. laughs> um. Finally, what authors have inspired you? Uh, Jhumpa Lahiri is um. I just think she can do anything. How can she do anything? She can do short short stories and long short stories and really short novels. And I just yeah, it's amazing. Jasmine Ward, Salvage the Bones was a book that I reread like multiple times when I was writing some nudes. Um, just the best kind of young woman character ever yeah the visceral and the birth and all of that in it I just love um and Young Skins by Colin Barrett was kind of 
the first short story collection that I was like, okay, I want to do a short story collection. I was like, this is, this is really cool. Amazing. Is that the end of the quick fire round? Yeah. That was good. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, you just annoyed that you weren't consulted first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't feel like the pressure was on too much for you, did you? Uh, they were, uh, I was worried. I was kind of, I had no idea what you were going to ask me, but <laughs> I was just like, I didn't know what way it was going to go. <laughs> but, um, I think next time we get an interrogation light and we get a timer, me in the corner with <laughs> an egg timer. <laughs> to sure. Add up the answer, maybe like the mastermind music. Love that, love that, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fitballing ideas, Fitballing ideas. <laughs> oh, I have to do cultural recommendations now, don't I? Yeah, that'd be great. I do. Um, so before we let you go, um, we love to finish on uh cultural recommendations. Um, so is there anything that you've been watching, reading, listening to recently that you would like to let us know about? Um, yeah, this is the question that I'm going to find hard. I think. Um, I had a baby, and I have no. I mean, nothing nothing comes into nothing stays in my head but <laughs> just finished white lotus everyone's oh, talking about it yeah if you if you, for, for whatever reason you haven't seen it it's great um i yeah and i loved the end i think i'm yet end. to watch the second series so i've been like avoiding spoilers <laughs> like the plague like i can't i'm not gonna spo- i'm not gonna spoil it but um <laughs> i felt like i felt like the end was a little bit of me and i'm reading <laughs> Another book I'm reading, apart from the Mirror and Towers, is uh, it's called Porn and Oral History Ooh. by Polly Barton. It's not out yet, which is um, annoying of me. Um, but <laughs> I, it's, she just was like, oh, no one talks about porn ever. Uh, I'm scared to talk about porn. So I'm going to have, I think it's like 19 or 20 conversations with her friends about porn. And then she just write, you know, she just, it's like a transcript. And you wow. just read that sounds so and, um, cool. It's brilliant. It's so good. And it kind of, you know, obviously the, all the conversations are really interesting on porn and I do never talk about porn. And so that's like on the face of it, it's really interesting. But I also just love this, this idea that like anything can be a book and we just need to talk about things that make us feel ashamed and put them in the book, you know? And and it's all about like communication and, and opening up the silence. And yeah, I just like, feels like a very kind of, hopeful premise for a book um so yes they're my recommendations love that some excellent recommendations mm. oh i've just watched the bear you know you you've, you've just, oh my god it's so good i found you know what? Very- i slept through the last episode what i know and i still and my my boyfriend was like you really like it it's really important, that you watch really important. it is it's I pretty still- key I still, it's like, I feel like there's a big, the last episode's big, but um, yeah, I need to get back there. Yeah. The first episode was just like 20 minutes of like intense anxiety. I, I found, yeah, th- this is the thing, like, and I really feel like it's it should be like a caveat for people that are going into it. No one told me that you got to be stressed. I was stressed for eight hours. Like, honestly, the, the uh, everyone shouting. Why is everyone shouting? Just everyone shouts over each other. Nobody can hear each other. And it is the best, like, mm. fabulous portrayal of um, real-life conversation I think I, I've seen in a long time. But let me tell you, my brain overloaded. 
several times. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's well, I mean, it's it perfectly captures working in hospitality because yeah. I was just perfect. in a state of severe anxiety <laughs> for like the decade that I worked in hospitality. <laughs> it's a constant yeah. state of stress. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so good. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that as well. Um, and before we leave you, uh, can we please ask you if there is anything exciting coming up? Maybe a novel I've heard. We've heard a novel. It was mentioned. Yeah. I mean, I'm writing a novel. Oh my god. Uh, but. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while, guys. We can wait. We can wait. We will be here. <laughs> Waiting. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I'm not I'm not really prepared to write a novel, but I'm doing it. Um, and it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's not we're at early stages. I see that we're at that point. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk to you in a few Every months. Fine. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, how how are you balancing that and a baby? Like you are actually like a superhero. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not. That's. I mean, I you know. I, like I am a little. Some days depends on the day. Um, yeah, depends on the day. Yeah. Depends on the time. Depends on the baby. Yeah. I'll tell you. I feel you. I feel you. Well, we, can't, we cannot wait to read it. And um, I mean, we would love to have you back on to discuss the novel when it finally comes. Fun comes into the world mm-hmm. that, that's <laughs> us officially booking you now that's it. <laughs> so um so <laughs> listeners uh the link to buy send nudes is in the show notes have a look and get it ordered if you've not read it already as i said paperback publication is the 19th of january so get on it um and also please do rate review and subscribe to a pair of bookends as it helps to boost us in the charts where can our listeners find you not to stalk you but um you know is there any socials that they can follow you on to follow your work I have Instagram um Saba underscore Sam's uh and I kind of have Twitter like I technically have an account but I almost never am on there so I mean it's a it's a bit uh it's a bit chaotic at the minute so graveyard at the minute the best Um, well, yes, thank you so much uh, for coming on and thank you to Bloomsbury for connecting us. This has been amazing. Um, so thank you so much. And bye. Bye. Thank you so much.